the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. We are live and local. We're not pre-recorded. High top Green Tree Hill. It's good to be with you on a gorgeous... I mean, is this... We are living our best lives. We really are. What is happening? So I sat there last night in my house with all my windows open. Yeah, of course. I mean, the the wind was like whipping through. Beautiful. Unbelievable. Lovely, lovely. And that full moon last night as well. It feels as though it's like... Early September, doesn't it? Yes. Let's go to the beach. Yes. Very, very nice. Anyway, good weekend for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I John. was at your house. Yeah, you were at my house. Mm-hmm. That was super fun. Very much fun. Very much so. Yeah, we had a really fun night with a group of friends on mm-hmm. Saturday. Got together. Yep. Hung out. Had some we really did. great food. We did. Laughed a lot. Yep. Goofballs. All sorts of things are healthy for the system, right? <laughs> and we got an extra hour of sleep. Yeah. So here's what happened. So... You and all of our friends mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Um, I sat down thinking how glorious it was that we had an extra hour of sleep. Yep. Okay. I fell asleep almost instantaneously. Okay. Woke up in the morning so tired. Like it was spring ahead. Okay. Really? What then happened? went to church, did my thing, came home, slept like the dead in the afternoon and then last night, so tired. What's happening? So I got, the universe gave me an extra hour of sleep and it's ruined me. What the heck? What's going on? You're supposed to be like vitalized, energized by that extra hour. Yeah. Not like, maybe you're just storing, maybe you were getting ready to hibernate. Am I going to hibernate? I think, you know, it's wintertime. Our friend Tish Harrison Warren talks the, about the, the nature of hibernating, right? Yeah, but that's not something that's been offered to me. Well, your body apparently has accepted it, whether it was offered or not. That's all. Right? Very much. It's time to hibernate. So the the warm weather, just a harbinger, because it's supposed to be, I think Saturday's high is like 42. That's what they're saying. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's going to be kind of a shock to the system. It's coming. Very much so. Okay, I should go. Yeah, I left my window open at home. It's fine. It's like, what is it's it? So it's 70 some degrees right now. Well, it's 80. Hold on. Is that true? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, no, it's uh, it's either sixty three or eighty three, depending <laughs> upon my depending upon my eyesight. <laughs> Gary, do you look at that as an official? Sixty three. Uh, sixty three. Oh, I was Gosh. going for eighty three. I didn't have my headphones on. What? Mm, I was asking if you thought that that was an official like weather report from John when he's either sixty three or eighty three. Nothing from John <laughs> it's official. is official okay. ever. That's good. I'm glad we yeah. There's a, had this important some shifting talk. sand going on there. Yeah. All right. Without further ado, then, Kev, please Let's get to the non-shifting. Sand. Officially, give us the uh, news. The top four at four. For Monday, November 7th, 2022, number one, President Biden's top national security advisor has engaged in recent months in confidential conversations with top aides to Russian President Vladimir Putin. How about that? 
in an effort to reduce the risk of a broader conflict over Ukraine, which I think, thank goodness, thank goodness that's happened. Talk about something that makes you feel like, okay, please Somebody's- tell me cooler heads are prevailing. Yes. Um, also to warn Moscow against using nuclear or other weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, officials told us this yesterday. I'm reading today from the Wall Street Journal. The officials said that the U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan has been in contact with Yuri Yushagov, a foreign policy advisor to Mr. Putin. The aim, of course, has been to guard against the risk of escalation and keep communication channels open. That Good. can't be bad. No. That cannot keep be talking, bad. please. Yeah. Number two, Meta Platforms, parent company of Facebook, is planning to begin large-scale layoffs this week. Did you read about this? Uh, Yes. Yeah, it could be the largest round in a recent spate of tech job cuts after all of the rapid growth they had during COVID. The layoffs are expected to affect many thousands of employees. Um, They have 87,000 that work for Meta. Really? I did not know. Me that neither. many people. That's a lot of people. 87,000. And this is going to be the first headcount reduction to occur in the company's 18-year history. It's uh, on a percentage basis, it'll be smaller than what we read about at Twitter. Um, that was about half of the company's staff at okay. Twitter, I think. Um, but the number of Meta employees expected to lose their job will be the largest oh, to I'm date sorry for, for people comment. to lose their jobs. You never want to hear about that, do I you? Know. No. Never. Number three, Academy Awards season, just a few months away, John. I tell you that because of your love of the film. You're going to see another film this evening. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for you about that. Uh, This year, it will be hosted by... I don't know. Who? Jimmy Kimmel. It'll be his third time doing it. He hosted in 2017 and 18. Was that announced today? Yeah, it was announced today. Okay, fine. Uh, Do you have any feelings about that? Uh, Neither here nor there. Yeah. Okay. He's a big fan of the movies. So, of course, everyone from the Academy Awards was saying, oh, my goodness, this is the greatest thing ever. It's our dream come true. Of course, we remember the last Oscars when Mm. Will Smith went up and did Chris Rock and it all fell apart. I'm sure we'll we'll be revisited, won't it? Revisited? There'll be many, many jokes. Expected, you know, within an inch of its life. And number four, finally, blessedly, Election Day is tomorrow. And that is your top four at four. Excellent. Listen, watching TV now is unbearable. Yeah. Seriously. Well, I, I'm not going to watch. We watched. Uh, Did you fo- watch something live? We watched the football game yesterday. And I every single commercial yeah. block in the football game. Well, it's on here. It's just, on our station as well. It's just one election right. ad after another. That's a lot of money it's, being spent. It is, right? sure is. You know. I mean, holy smokes. I can't wait for it to be over. Me too. Speaking of Election Day, uh, at 5 o'clock, uh, we're going to talk about John's personal election crisis. <laughs> what has happened to John's mm-hmm. ballot? We'll talk yeah. about that, and you can check on, make sure yours is okay. All right. Um, we're going to be uh, talking about what happens when kids come out as gay, lesbian, bisexual. That's in our 5 o'clock hour uh, with Mark Yarhouse. Also, um, how much you'll pay in taxes should you win the Powerball? That's tonight. Mm-hmm. Is it $1.9 billion? billion. Do- Come on. That's crazy money. That's so scary. It's been crazy for so long, and it just yeah, keeps getting crazier because no one keeps winning. And coming up next, our good friend David French will be with us. It's always a negative world for Christianity, even those of us who are inside American Christendom. What do you mean? The good old days? Yeah, exactly. You know how good those days were. Right. Okay. Usually we go to the White House. Greg yeah, Clarkson's Greg, tied up this week. Greg can't make it. David French joins us. 
101.5 WORD. There are three ways of dealing with the Bible, especially when you come to a passage that you don't quite agree with or understand. The first tactic is to pick and choose what you want to believe. The second is to remain ignorant of what the Bible has to say at all. The third is to dig into the Word and try to understand all of it, whether or not you like what it has to say. Well, if you fall into that last category or would like to, please join us this week on Through the Bible Radio. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. There are many issues in this election, but John Fetterman only wants to talk about one, his support for killing unborn babies by abortion. Sadly, John Fetterman wants to deny the most basic right to life to unborn babies. John Fetterman even supports a federal law that allows unlimited abortion essentially until birth, and he wants to pay for it with your tax dollars. John Fetterman should never be in the U.S. Senate. Mehmet Oz respects life. He supports measures to protect unborn babies and their mothers. Mehmet Oz supports protecting unborn children from painful late abortions, and Mehmet Oz opposes using your tax dollars to pay for abortion. Mehmet Oz will fight to protect life. Unborn babies can't vote, but you can. Please vote for life. Vote for Mehmet Oz for U.S. Senate. Paid for by the National Right to Life Victory Fund at nrlvictoryfund.org. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. NRL Victory Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. This is John Hall with Word FM, and we're partnering with Bible League International on Stand With Them, Bibles for the Persecuted Church. Paul reminded Timothy that all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Persecution is suffering for the sake of Christ and His glory, and it comes in many forms all over the world. In India, it's being shunned by Hindu family members. In China, it's the loss of church buildings. In the Middle East, it could be jail or even death at the hands of extremists. Isaiah is a new Christian in Asia, praying for the nourishment that comes only from God's Word. Send him a Bible for only $5. $35 sends seven Bibles. $100 sends 20 Bibles. And your gift will help Word FM and Bible League reach our shared goal of sending Bibles to 5,000 persecuted believers. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or give at wordfm.com. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at salemsurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. salemsurround.com. David French should join us in just a few minutes. We are efforting that as we uh, go forward. Uh, but he did write a piece yesterday. It's always a negative world for Christianity, which... Made me think several things. Yeah. Did it make you think some several things? Very much so. Yeah. I don't know what's happened uh, in the last... I don't know, 10 or 15 years or something, that it seems like a lot of us who are church-going Americans look back with some sort of, I don't know, I I think it's rose-colored glasses or maybe it's a sense of nostalgia or whatever, that there was a time in America when everything was good. Like, let's say it's the 1950s. that we had the 50s people think that? Oh yeah, I think there are a lot of people that think that 1950. It's the we were at it. our 
best. It's the Leave it to Beaver era. It was before the sexual revolution. Right, Ozzie and Harriet. It was, you know, family-centered. Uh, it was church-centered. There was prayer in schools. Mm-hmm. There was mandated scripture readings in school. Um, and the majority of people, largely by far, would say that they were believing Christians. Yes. And there was also a under, an undercurrent assumed sense of morality. Mm-hmm. That divorce was bad. It was before there was no fault divorce, right? Um, that uh, stay-at-home moms cohabitation was uh, before marriage frowned upon. Right. Now there is truth to some of this, right? I mean, you, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? There was a time where you could say these things. Yeah, uh, that more people believed in the in the, at least the ideal of Christianity than it is today. I think the undercurrent of of Christian morality is it's important to recognize that that doesn't exist in the same way it did. I think that's important to say. But I also think that it's vital to realize that the 1950s were horrible if you were a person of color. Yes. Okay? Horrible time or depending on where you were in the country. So you know, when we talk about things are so bad now and things could never be as or we, we wish things could be as good as they once were. Right. That might be for a certain segment of society, but that's certainly not the case for Americans across the board. David French is with us. David is the senior editor at The Dispatch, an attorney concentrating his practice in constitutional law and the law of armed conflict. He's also a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom and uh, one of the senior editors at The Dispatch, which we uh, read every day. Here to talk to us about a piece that he wrote yesterday, It's Always a Negative World for Christianity. David, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Great to see you guys. You Good to see you, too. Nice to see you, David. Uh, so what do you say? Was there a time in America where it was those were the good old days? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think um, there are times in America where different aspects of the culture were more challenging to Christianity. Um, so, for example, I, I was uh, eavesdropping for a moment before I joined, and you guys were talking about sort of in the recent past, it might have been – it was horrible uh, for black Americans, for example, in the Jim Crow era. And it, it's not like that magically went away in 1964 when the Civil Rights Act was passed, yeah. you know, so that – um, you know, we had hundreds of years of slavery and Jim Crow, but at the same time, during much of that time, you might have had much more Christian sexual mores in much of the country, for example, um, often not in the slave owning South, <laughs> but in much of the country, you had much more Christian sexual mores, say. And so you might take the issue that has gotten worse in the sexual revolution, which are is sexual mores and sexual morals, for example, um, and say, see, look, that's getting a lot worse. But then there's a whole other huge category of life that has gotten a lot better, right? So um, America treats um, you know, you know uh, diverse people in the United States and diverse communities in the United States far better than it used to, sure. far better. And that would be, I would say, a massive advance of what of Christian morality, um, treating people with dignity and equality would, I would say, be a massive advance of Christian morality and was a specific Christian argument made in the culture. I mean, the civil rights movement was infused with Christianity, it just infused with it. And so this is an argument of Christian morality that the country is a lot better about 
But at the same time, there have been aspects of the sexual revolution where the um, moral environment has gotten a lot worse. And so the the I think one thing that's really important is to say, you know, this world is not our home and it's going to be alien to Christians in different ways in different times um, and different challenges at different times. And it's just sort of wrong to look back and say this era or that era was some sort of golden age when often when you lift up the rock on that era, you're going to find a lot of ways it challenged faithful Christians or in a lot of ways that faithful Christians should have felt challenged and sadly sometimes maybe weren't. Right. So the narrative then is a false narrative. And you, in the piece that you wrote yesterday, you bring up two recent events in history that really affect us as believers, um, as conservative believers as well. Could you go into those? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of them was um, talking about, I I was at an event at Lincoln Center and a woman by the name of Sybil Jordan Hampton, Dr. Sybil Jordan Hampton spoke, and she told her story. And her story included being the only black 10th grader at Little Rock Central High School in 1962. Mm. So this is not ancient history, right? This is 1962. She's alive. She's right there telling us about her life in 1962 and how she had to have armed National Guardsmen to protect her in that first day of school, how classmates wouldn't even look at her come close to her, the ones who did talk to her would hiss racial slurs at her. And then also they began every day with prayer and reading the Bible. Well, some people would say, see, that's a good time. That's when we had prayer in schools. Mm -hmm. But there's the deeper, darker reality was, yeah, there was prayer in schools, but there was nothing Christian about the way Dr. Hampton was treated as a young child in that high school. Uh, Was that a good time for Christianity? No, I would say that's a bad time for Christianity. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I brought up this recent Hulu documentary. I don't know if you you've seen it of uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. It's it's rough watching something. It's something. Yeah. And one of the things that really stood out about that that is not at all um, unusual in these kinds of circumstances is that here you had this giant Christian organization, uh, largest Christian college in the world. And here you had a leader who was fundamentally corrupt and immoral. And if anyone challenged that leader until his fall eventually came, they faced they they faced punishment. They faced reprisals. So even in the heart of the biggest Christian institution, one of the biggest Christian institutions in America, authentic Christianity was difficult in the halls of power in that institution. Mm -hmm. And so what that tells you is that even now in Christian, in conservative Christian institutions, when they're corrupt and when they have the corrupt leadership, authentic Christianity can be difficult even in a Christian institution. And so we need to, I think, have sort of a giant dose of perspective about American history and sort of how Christianity has fit in and how hospitable, truly hospitable American history has been, America has been to Christianity and also a dose of humility about our own institutions, mm-hmm. even as we look at the larger culture and say, well, look how bad they are. Right. Right. A lot of times the culture is looking back at us and saying, yep. what about your largest university? What about one of your biggest churches? You know, the Hillsong scandals. What about your biggest Christian camp, Canacuck? What about, and you can just go down the line 
And then time and time and time again, what you'll find in those places is that authentic Christians who are trying to live out their faith faced were obliterated by Christian institutions who challenged corruption. So it should be a, a big dose of perspective and humility. Mm-hmm. And, and you see it, of course, David, uh, Kath and I were talking about uh, tomorrow's election. Here you, we yeah. are in the state of we're, Pennsylvania. We're dying here in Pennsylvania, oh David. This we're is, drowning. It's ground zero, oh right? Oh, my gosh. So Dr. Oz and John Fetterman are going at it. Barack and, um, Obama was here. Oprah was here. Biden's been here more than he's been in Washington. President Trump is here. I mean, everybody is a revolving door of people. And a lot of people are thinking this, you know, the the vote hinges on the the fruit of the spirit of the the uh, of Christianity surviving into the 21st century. Yeah, well, that's just that's just completely wrong. (laughs) It's just completely wrong. Christianity is not going to stand or fall on the basis of the Senate election in Pennsylvania. It's not going to I know you have a. Um, a gubernatorial election as well that's getting a lot of national attention because the GOP candidate is one of the closest examples of a Christian nationalist you're going to find on mm. the top of a ticket uh, in in the 50 states. And But the church is going to be fine, win or lose, in Pennsylvania because the church doesn't ultimately depend on politicians. Thank God. <laughs> Does not depend on politicians for its health and, in fact, can get less healthy the more it depends on on political leaders. And and I think it's really important for Christians to remember that. We have seen a lot of just really uh, tough video to watch of huge Christian gatherings, packed mm-hmm. thousands of people engaging in some just, frankly, bizarre behavior yeah. in trying to, yes, just abhorrent behavior in trying to saddle the cause of Christianity to the Republican Party, and we've seen some pretty tough stuff, even from pulpits, uh, you know, in Democratic spaces. It, it, this is this is not a thing that is entirely on one side or the other. Although I do think there's a, a greater problem of of the mixture with the church with political effort right now on the right at this point. But um, we've got a real problem if Christian believers are have so much of their heart and soul and mind invested in. A Senate race, a Senate race in one state, one out of 100 senators. (laughs) David French is with us. He's the author of Divided We Fall, America's Secession Threat and How to Restore Our Nation. Also senior editor at The Dispatch, which we'll talk about before David leaves us. Um, So, David, what's the response to this? You know, I'm listening to this, uh, listening to you and John talk and thinking about people listening to the program who may be outside the church, maybe never been to a church, and they look at this and right. they say, well, how stupid are you then? Like, you've got scandal <laughs> after scandal. Um, you see people who say that they follow this Christianity that you follow. They are idiots. They clearly don't believe what they say, or they're totally fallen or incapable or whatever it is. Um, so why do you still believe what you believe? Yeah, you know, it is really helpful um, this is going to sound like the the most trite, pat answer ever. It's really helpful to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and when you read the New Testament, when you're, you're going to notice a couple of things. One thing that you're going to notice is that, look, the, every syllable of the New Testament was written to believers who were under far more oppression mm-hmm. than we can ever imagine. Yes. Just beyond anything we can imagine. Uh, New Testament Christian 
would walk into the modern United States of America into a suburban church and go, you've got it made. <laughs> Let me tell you what it was like back in the first century. So, but what's the message? The message to these New Testament Christians is faith, hope, love. What are the fruits of the spirit? Kindness, peace, patience, gentleness. It's constant faith, hope, love. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Paul writes to a community that was being killed but if power, not power of the government, but confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God, um, and gives you uh, does not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. Sound mind. That's okay, so, really okay, so important. let me just break in because that's another thing that is missing in those clips we're seeing of churches. Remember you said you, you, you guys both said there is abhorrent behavior? Yes. There's also just unsound thinking. Well, and it goes back to what David So yeah. who's reading their Bible, right? What are you taking if you consider yourself serious in your faith and if you're a regular Bible reader? Is it just ignorance or is it just misreading of the word? Well, I think a lot of it is not reading of the word. <laughs> One one of the things that we have found is that a majority of people who call themselves evangelicals now go to church once a month or less yeah. with 40 or around 40 or so percent either never going or going around once a year. Wow. OK, wow. so evangelicalism is becoming a, a kind of a social, cultural, political construct. Uh, so there's millions of evangelicals who who don't go to church, who've not received real instruction of the word. Um, and then there's always the problem. All we've always had this of sort of very selective reading, right? Mm -hmm. That you're going to pick out the kind of verses and stories that re that really reaffirm your priors. And so a lot of people don't focus in on the fruits of the spirit. Don't focus in on First Timothy and power. You know, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but they really read and reread. You know, Jesus cleansing the temple. And they'll say, well, you know, this, this is, this is what we need to be doing. And, um, and then the other thing uh, is that, so if one, you notice that the message to an embattled persecuted church is faith, hope, and love, loving your enemies, bless those who persecute you. That's New Testament. And the other thing you're going to notice is that the church that Paul was writing to already had a lot of problems, <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, so read first and second Corinthians. I mean, the church had a lot of problems already, okay? And so having the church having problems does not surprise God, right? It uh, This was something that, you know, Paul was having, uh, having to admonish the church. And really, he spent a lot more time admonishing the church to be faithful than he spent time, like, owning the Romans for their secular ideologies, right? He... He was really, really focused on making sure that the church understood the gospel and importantly lived the gospel and lived gospel virtues. And so I think that, you know, those of us who look, I'm somebody, I pay a ton of attention to politics. It's my job. I, I care deeply about justice and policy. I think those things are very, very important. But I also know that as a church, as a church, we circle our wagons around the gospel. That's what we circle our wagons around. And how do we, how do you know, you know, uh, Jesus said, by, by their fruits, you shall know them. And we should really ask ourselves, what are the fruits of our obsession with politics? Are they bitter fruits? Hmm. Are they good fruit? And it's been bitter fruit for years mm -hmm. that we justify by saying, well, the other side's bad, the other side's bad. 
But the other side was really bad in Roman times, right? <laughs> really bad. And yet the admonition from Paul was, you know, the, the, and the instruction from Paul about the fruit of the spirit was a whole host of virtues that you just don't see much in our culture or in our politics at all, including, sadly, from elements of the, of the politically engaged church. Amen and amen. David, tell us uh, in 30 seconds about the dispatch, what it's like and why people should be a subscriber like us. Yeah, if you are wondering where can I go to get uh, news that is uh, fact-based reporting and commentary and analysis, um, it's the dispatch. <laughs> That's what we pride ourselves on. We do not deliver hot takes. We do not deliver clickbait. Um, we try to be very. We try to call balls and strikes on both sides. Take a. Uh, we are not riding the wave of the news cycles. Um, so thedispatch.com. And if you want to follow my writing, the easiest way is follow me on Twitter at David A. French, where I post everything that I write. Very nice. We love the dispatch, David. We do. You guys are doing great job. You it's sure like are. growing by leaps and bounds. It's Seven o'clock every morning. It comes in the mailbox. We feel good about it. Good job. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank Wonderful. You. Thank good you. Good to see you, David. Tell Nancy good hi. To see y'all. When you need your dollar to go further, you need the Original Mattress Factory. We hand-build our mattresses and box springs in our factories and sell them factory direct in our own stores. We cut out the middleman and pass the savings on to you. You get a better quality mattress at a better price compared to mainstream brands. When your wallet is feeling the squeeze everywhere from the gas pump to the grocery store, real value is more important than ever. Visit an original mattress factory location today to see our factory direct difference for yourself. Experts estimate that return rates for some online mattress companies may be as high as 20%. That's because the only way to know if a mattress is the right fit for you is to test it out before you buy. The original mattress factory's no pressure shopping experience means you can take all the time you need to find the mattress that meets your needs. You can even see how we hand build our products in our local factory showroom. Visit an OMF location near you to experience the original mattress factory difference for yourself. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply just don't like how it works, well, right now, during open enrollment is a perfect time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the industry. That's double and MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for 30 years. It's shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. And here's why now is the perfect time to make the switch. If you join MediShare Complete by January 1st, they will waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off your first year. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month for all of next year. But again, it's a limited time offer. So, yeah, you're not stuck. You've got a great option. Call now, 844-91-BIBLE. That's 844-91-BIBLE. 844-91-BIBLE. Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse is kicking off the holiday season, Saturday, November 19th. It's their Jingle and Mingle Open House. From 10 till 2, enjoy free cookies, coffee, and cocoa as you browse bunches of fresh and fragrant greenery, handmade wreaths, poinsettias, and more. Attend the Make and Take Workshop, win Christmas-themed door prizes, plus games, music, a food truck, and plenty of homegrown holiday happiness. Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse in McDonald at Bednersgreenhouse.com. Hi, I'm Kyle, and my company is Blindster.com. 
I started Blindster in 2010 to provide custom blind shades and shutters at affordable prices. Our blinds are easy to install and shipping is free. Don't hire an expensive professional. Do it yourself and save big at Blindster.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We'll see mainly clear skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 35. Partly sunny tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 53. Clear to partly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 31. It'll be pleasant Wednesday with plenty of sunshine. Wednesday will reach a high of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. When that day comes when you finally retire, will you move elsewhere or stay here in Pittsburgh? You're asking me what's going to happen when I retire? I'm trying to figure out how we're doing in the 5 o'clock hour right now. <laughs> so not forward-thinking no, that I, I far guess, ahead. I guess I'm not that forward-thinking. All right. Well, U.S. News & World Report released their top 25 places to retire. Okay. And they, you know... The weird thing is people think, oh, I'm going re- to move elsewhere when I retire. I mean, I can see downsizing your house, but I'm not going to move to okay, another I city. Okay, I haven't thought about it very much, but there's no, why, why would you leave your whole community, of, your church, your everything? Everything, yeah. That seems silly. I don't know. Okay, so uh, U.S. News, to identify the best places to retire. I think so. I think people, you know, there's a lot of snowbirds, right? Yeah, I'm retiring true. and I'm going to go to your Florida. Your parents did that, right? They yes, moved they to did. Florida, and they, they regretted it, it immediately. They it, right? Yeah, they were back shortly. Okay. Uh, so U.S. News and World Report had, uh, they looked at 150 metropolitan areas. And uh, criteria includes happiness of local residents, housing affordability, tax rates, and health care quality. So the, there's, like I said, 25 plus places. The weird thing is, when you look at the top 10, more than several are here in the great state of Pennsylvania. In the Commonwealth? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Is one of them Pittsburgh? Uh, well, let me go through quickly. Okay. I did say, you know, top 10, but let me do top 11 because 11 is Sarasota, Florida, which you would think, okay, of course. Yeah, right. Right. They give a, a housing affordability and good health care. Number nine, or no, sorry, number 10 is Reading, PA. Reading, PA. <laughs> really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Housing affordability and great health care. Okay. Reading. Number nine is Allentown, PA. Mm-hmm. They're living here in Allentown. They've yeah, been, I guess so. They're closing all the factories down. Number eight, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Burr. University of Michigan. Number seven, Daytona Beach. Well, you can understand Daytona Beach. Because walking of the, the speedway? Beach, you know, just driving around. Daytona, seems, isn't that a party place? Well, I guess it can not. be. No, but you know, our, our friend uh, Dean. Uh, is that near Daytona? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six is Naples, Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Number five is York, Pennsylvania, home of the Peppermint Patty. Home of uh, of um, Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Number four is Tampa. Number three is Pensacola. The number two place to retire in the entire country is Harrisburg. What? The sunshine of Harrisburg, PA. The number one place to retire in the entire United States is Lancaster. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, that's the U.S. News and World Report. I don't okay, know. Okay, so between Lancaster, Reading, Allentown. York, and Allentown, that's, you know, within 70 miles. Yeah. They're all, what? So you don't have to go to Florida. You just go to Reading and retire. I don't know. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Wow, okay. 
Well, I'll tell you, we're looking for some more people to get excited about politics here in the Commonwealth. (laughs) Okay, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about to be gracious, how to be gracious, when haters going to hate. Mark Ward is with us in a few minutes. Stick around. It's the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. 101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold. It's direct. It cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi, friend. This is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling Word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations? With the impact of inflation, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you won't have to guess. Text money to 813-813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Text money to 813-813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Text the word money to 813-813. We'll send you a link to our free live training. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Text money to 813-813. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting in, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash disclaimer and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice event offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text money to 813-813. Stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations? With the impact of inflation, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you won't have to guess. Text money to 813-813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Text money to 813-813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Text the word money to 813-813. We'll send you a link to our free live training. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Text money to 813-813. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting in, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash disclaimer and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice event offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text money to 813-813. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. It is difficult to be a believer in this hellscape of the modern world. Is it not? To be true, to be kind, generous, yeah. full of love and grace. Grace. I mean, it's just so difficult. I, and I, I think about it, pray about it, talk about it, and then I go out in the world or go online, and it feels as though the house collapses quickly, which, again, then I heap all sorts of condemnation on myself for being a poor believer. Do you follow this? Yeah. Yeah, I I hear that. I think it's also hard to be a Christian. 
I guess it's hard to be anybody, not just a Christian. It's hard to be anybody <laughs> in this in this atmosphere who is in any kind of public role, whether you're doing a radio show like we do or you have a blog site or you're a pastor or whatever it is that causes you to speak out. There's It's just very, very easy for people to pile on. And a lot of times that's deserved. We people have piled on us, and we've deserved it. We pile back, and we try not. We try not to. <laughs> no, no, of course not. But a lot of times we deserve it, and a lot of times we don't. But it's just, it's like you have to learn how to live with it, and how to, and how to respond if you're going to. Mark Ward is with us. Mark is the editor of Bible Study Magazine, the author of its back page column, Word Nerd. He is also the author of Authorized, the Use and Misuse of the King James Bible. We saw a piece that Mark wrote, How to Be Gracious When Haters Gonna Hate. Mark, please bring some wisdom to this. Oh, boy. Yeah, I live <laughs> in the same world you do, and uh, I have a public role. It began a couple of years ago, especially when I got onto YouTube. Don't know what I was thinking. And I was addressing and still am addressing on a regular basis a major topic of controversy among brothers and sisters in Christ, which is, is the King James Version the only Bible translation we should use? And there are many other questions related. Can we trust other major modern English Bible translations like the NIV or NASB? And uh, quite a lot of people don't like what I have to say because I'm saying there are many good translations and you shouldn't use only one. You should use the embarrassment of riches in all of them. And I try to be constructive. I try to be positive. And I still get ad hominem responses and uh, people twisting my words. And so I I entered this knowing that would happen uh, for years as I was preparing for this. And I really wanted to know how does my Bible direct me to answer when people revile me? And you just got to go right back to the simplest Bible verses, turn the other cheek and love your enemies. And I was asked to write an article about this that I think somehow landed in your hands. I'm actually mm-hmm. curious kind of how it wound up on your radars. Yeah. How did it wound up? I don't even remember. Uh, to, to be this honest. Is, this is what happens with us, Marcus. We often don't remember how uh, these things come well, to be. Like you, you know, we read, we think, and you just kind of find yourself downstream. We're happy that we found you, though, because your platform on YouTube, it's a large platform, and you engage Christians and non-Christians, which is interesting because the the negativity that people you know in a public sphere get, especially from a Christian audience, tends to crush a little deeper, doesn't it? Yeah, actually, my own pastor at the church I attend yesterday was preaching from John 15, no, 16, and speaking about the persecution that Jesus promised would come to his disciples. And all of the things that my pastor was listing out, minus physical persecution, I was sitting there thinking, this is what I'm getting from professing Christians. And that's particularly difficult. It's a challenge to your faith to see other Christians sin so openly. That does not mean, it does not mean that all the people who disagree with me are sinning. I do not believe that. I can immediately recognize people who come to me in love, even in disagreement, but many people are. And it's been one of the most difficult aspects of my spiritual life. So it just sent me scurrying back to my Bible. And when uh, I was asked to write this article, How to Be Gracious, when haters going to hate. And I actually forgot that this comes from Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wondered about that. I thought, music fan. I, I thought, it's wow, just kind it, of in the air. Is she the muse for you here? Is yeah. that how this happened? Writers pick up on these things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a writer editor and I, little phrases stick in my mind. So sure. anyway, out there, don't, I'm not a, I'm not a, adopting Taylor Swift's view of personal conflict, you know? Um, okay. Anyway, so, okay, I so was let, really happy to write this article. So let's talk about the takedown because that's an option. Right. I mean, someone is saying something that you 
patently disagree with, or you might even go a step further and think is just outright wrong, um, or they're just a jerk. And so this is your moment. Um, and, yeah. you know, I'm a good writer. I'm a good speaker. Whatever you would say, I can put this together and I can bury them. It's painful. It is painful. A lot of times I invent these stories, like when I'm, you know, walking around my house, laying in bed at night when I should be sleeping, in the shower, you know, all sorts of times when you're inventing a thing. Um, it sounds like from your article, uh, Mark, you've done the same thing. Absolutely. I, I made the illustration, you know, Calvin and Hobbes. I remember when Mo the bully put, picks on him, he doesn't come up with the response right away. But later when he's at home, he comes up with the most amazing takedown, like you said. And, and, and let's just acknowledge that the Bible allows for both responses, for turning the other cheek and for fighting back. So Proverbs 26, 4 and 5, I'm going to quote the King James ironically because it's what I grew up <laughs> That on, is funny. Answer Answer not a fool according, according to, his to his folly, folly. lest yeah. thou be like unto him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceits. Mm -hmm. And I've always, you know, I've puzzled over that. And some people say, oh, that's a contradiction. No, no. I think Proverbs, the genre of Proverbs is recognizing that there are times when each response is called for. In general, online with people I don't know personally, it's much more likely that if I engage a fool or foolish arguments, I'm going to look foolish, more likely than it is that I will put someone in his place. But I have very self-consciously chosen to follow the model of Jesus at times, like, you know, driving out the money changers or speaking very harshly to the Pharisees in Matthew 23, you know, you whitewash sepulcher, sepulchers, that's really intense language. I did that one time that I can think of with a ex-evangelical, I'm pretty sure, I'm not totally sure where he's at, but scoffer who was basically saying that evangelical Christians read the Bible only in order to make the Bible fit with their existing beliefs. He has a PhD in sociology and he's writing in an academic journal. And so therefore I'm punching up, not down. And I am much more likely to use harsh language, direct language when that's the case, because I think that's what Jesus did or Elijah on Mount Carmel you know, mocking the priests of Baal who had a lot of power in that society saying, oh, maybe your God's going to the bathroom. Maybe he's on a journey. Right. That's why he's not sending he's fire busy. from heaven. Right. So the Bible gives me room to respond either way, but it sure seems like most of the Christian internet that I'm uh, encountering, you know, a lot of 80% of the time in conflict is going with the Elijah and, you know, Matthew 23 model and forgetting that I think that usually needs to be the exception that proves the rule. Usually you're loving your enemies. A soft answer is turning away wrath. Uh, I think that's the emphasis that I, as a Bible teacher, want to put on people. Right. And, yep. and, and that to me is, is the rule, right? Because when you respond harshly, then even if it's justified, you carry that wound with you throughout the day somehow. I, I, I don't know if, if that's you, but I, I feel like it's just too ugly and too messy internally. Uh, so it just ruins me. Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine is making a doc documentary right now on John Newton. And John Newton was more famous for his hymns than his sermons. And I think mm. back in his day was equally famous for his letters. And he has an mm. awesome letter that I've put on my blog. And I've also translated it into modern English with modern concerns on my YouTube channel. Um, he wrote a letter on controversy. It's called in his collected letters. I read that 25 years ago when I was first given the job of being uh, sort of a little reporter on, you know, religion and politics. Yeah. I, I was way too young for this. And I knew, wow, there's a lot of pitfalls for me to stumble into. And some older, wiser people pointed me in this direction. I read John Newton over and over. And he 
he he doesn't back off of the necessity of sometimes saying you disagree with somebody else in public. But he gives the most simple biblical reminders, like the one that probably sticks with me the most is, hey, wait a minute. If this opponent of mine, and in my calling, it usually is this way. If this opponent is a Christian, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with this individual mm-hmm. rejoicing before the presence of God. Maybe that ought to flavor how I treat him right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I urge people to go uh, read that. It's on my blog. It's everywhere you can find on Controversy or if you uh, – if you search YouTube for Mark Ward, Amazing Grace, social media, you'll find my uh, sort of video adaptation and update of Newton's excellent letter. That's Mark Ward, editor of Bible Study Magazine. Um, you have about 15 seconds because that's the way we live in radio. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, <laughs> tell us about your YouTube channel. I think that the Christian church in America and all the English speaking world needs to be encouraged to welcome the embarrassment of riches we have in major modern English evangelical Bible translations mm-hmm. rather than being any kind of one Bible onlyist. That's my channel. Oh, I like it. Fabulous. Okay. That's Mark Ward. Mark, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Thanks yeah, for Mark, being thank here. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation. Our pleasure. How to be gracious when haters going to hate. Mark Ward uh, looks very interesting on his YouTube channel. I want to check it out. Very much. Coming up next, Twitter's trying to rehire the people they already fired. Mm. There are many issues in this election, but John Fetterman only wants to talk about one, his support for killing unborn babies by abortion. Sadly, John Fetterman wants to deny the most basic right to life to unborn babies. John Fetterman even supports a federal law that allows unlimited abortion essentially until birth, and he wants to pay for it with your tax dollars. John Fetterman should never be in the U.S. Senate. Mehmet Oz respects life. He supports measures to protect unborn babies and their mothers. Mehmet Oz supports protecting unborn children from painful late abortions, and Mehmet Oz opposes using your tax dollars to pay for abortion. Mehmet Oz will fight to protect life. Unborn babies can't vote, but you can. Please vote for life. Vote for Mehmet Oz for U.S. Senate. Paid for by the National Right to Life Victory Fund at nrlvictoryfund.org. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. NRL Victory Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. Trish heard one of our radio ads recently and gave us a yell. Ryan, she said, I keep hearing that mortgage interest rates are annoyingly up, but I'll keep it real. I'm struggling with bills. I haven't taken a vacation in years, and my back patio looks like Godzilla visited. And then I keep hearing how much home values have gone up. Would it be wrong to pull that new cash out of my home to use for this stuff? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, rates are annoyingly up. And so for some, it could be wrong to do a cash out refinance. But for others, the recent home value rush is still a once in a lifetime opportunity. Trish eliminated her credit card debt, turned the backyard into an oasis, and kept some money back for a vacation and rainy days. And her plan is when these annoying rates settle back down, She'll refinance then to lower the rate. If you're curious what a cash-out refinance would look like for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a lesson number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. You've all helped build MyPillow and the incredible company it is today. And now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. It's John Hall. 
Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.99. And believe me when I say you'll get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Typically retails at $89.98, now just $39.98 with promo code WORD. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. You're fired? Oh, wait, on second thought, won't you please come back? That's what happened to a percentage of Twitter employees who were unceremoniously shown the door on Friday. But then over the weekend, Twitter realized they may have been too quick because some of those people they fired were key to the daily operation and the future of the company. So in the opening of the show, I think I said that they had fired half of their workforce, but it was way more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, was in, it was almost 80 percent, right? Yep. So now they're thinking that some of that 80 percent they, re- they really needed? They sure did. Yep. Some of those who are being asked to return, asked to return, were laid off by mistake, according to two people familiar with the moves. Others were let go before management realized that their work and experience may be necessary to build the new features that uh, they envision for the new Twitter. Uh, Twitter close, uh, cut close to 3,700 people last week via email as a way to trim costs. They're saying they're losing about $4 million a day. You can understand why you'd want to trim some costs. Right. Uh, so uh, of those 3,700, they're saying dozens and dozens, not an exact number. Yeah, it's not a, okay. So that's not a huge figure, but it's no. pretty, it's still, I think, significant depending on what they're roles are. So let me guess that they're going to end up paying those people a lot more than they were paying them before they were fired. You would think, right? Come on you, back. You, you want we me back? You. Well, add 10K onto yeah, that and because, I'll see if I come back. Yeah. They, I mean, they know the they know the drill. They know the work, right? I heard they were going to pay them to, through February anyway. All all those people who were fired? That's what I heard somewhere. Really? Again, unconfirmed. Interesting. Uh, I thought um, it was oh, so be three months. That's three months. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was generous then, because by federal law, I think it's only six weeks, right? Well, it was. If it's true, it's generous. I think. Yeah. Um, but you won't hear that on the mainstream media because it, it would make Elon Musk look good, right? Right. Relatively so. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, that's possible, right? <laughs> well, he does a fine job by himself, right? Uh, just by his daily tweets. Yeah, right. And his repopulation policy. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Which involves having children with as many women as he possibly can. Okay. Well, I mean, great. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, it's good to be wanted. So two years ago, working for one of the social media giants was just a cash cow. Ticket to the right to ticket. You go in, it's a flexible work atmosphere. You get to be as creative as possible mm-hmm. at work. You can, you know, if, if playing pool helps you to be creative, then you can play please, pool during the please. day. If taking a nap helps you be more creative during. Anyway, fast forward a couple of years where we are now. Facebook is letting a ton oh, of people go bleed, today. Right? Twitter's letting people. I mean, it's, I, I think it's a necessary correction. I hate for anybody to lose their job. Yep. Um, but I think as far as tech goes, it's probably uh, it's probably past it. Yep. They're not making steel. <laughs> They're not making <laughs> right. steal. They are not. They're not.
All right. All right, we're going to take a step away. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about what happens when children come out as gay, lesbian, or bisexual. Um, a guide for Christian parents. It's been written by Mark Yarhouse, who's been a guest on our show in the past. So we're excited to have that conversation um, and hope you can join us for that. Um, also, a three-day work week. How would you feel about three that? Three days. Three days. Four days off. Three days on, a Chick-fil-A outside of Miami oh. is uh, has been implementing that for the last year. And we'll find out how it's going after this. It's the ride home. One oh one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, Tune In, and Odyssey. Patriot. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Both President Biden and his predecessor, Donald Trump, hoping to provide their party's late boost on the last full day of campaigning. The president holding a Monday evening rally in Maryland. Former President Trump set to stage his own event in Ohio for Senate candidate J.D. Vance. Early voting in Georgia has ended record turnout this election cycle with 2.4 million people voting. As for the latest poll numbers leading into Tuesday's midterms, Republican Governor Brian Kemp ahead of Democrat challenger Stacey Abrams in the real clear politics average of polls by some eight points. Turning to the Senate race, Republican Herschel Walker with a razor-thin lead over Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 429 points, the Nasdaq up 92. This is SRN News. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. When you need your dollar to go further, you need the original mattress factory. We hand-build our mattresses and box springs in our factories and sell them factory direct in our own stores. We cut out the middleman and pass the savings on to you. You get a better quality mattress at a better price compared to mainstream brands. When your wallet is feeling the squeeze everywhere from the gas pump to the grocery store, real value is more important than ever. Visit an original mattress factory location today to see our factory direct difference for yourself. Experts estimate that return rates for some online mattress companies may be as high as 20%. That's because the only way to know if a mattress is the right fit for you is to test it out before you buy. The original Mattress Factory's no-pressure shopping experience means you can take all the time you need to find the mattress that meets your needs. You can even see how we hand-build our products in our local factory showroom. Visit an OMF location near you to experience the original Mattress Factory difference 
for yourself. Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse is kicking off the holiday season Saturday, November 19th. It's their Jingle and Mingle Open House. From 10 till 2, enjoy free cookies, coffee, and cocoa as you browse bunches of fresh and fragrant greenery, handmade wreaths, poinsettias, and more. Attend the Make and Take Workshop, win Christmas-themed door prizes, plus games, music, a food truck, and plenty of homegrown holiday happiness. Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse in McDonald at Bednersgreenhouse.com. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. We'll see mainly clear skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 35, partly sunny tomorrow, tomorrow's high 53. Clear to partly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 31. It'll be pleasant Wednesday with plenty of sunshine. Wednesday will reach a high of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. It's 5 o'clock hour on The Ride Home. I am Kathy Emmons, sitting across the table from John Hall. Hello. And uh, John, this morning, you know, as I we are both want to do, get up first thing in the morning and check out the news, sure. go to our, you know, different uh, websites, news sites, you know, opinion pieces, et cetera, et cetera. And I saw a, an article in the Trib about wrong dates on election ballots, you know, mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest, I kind of skimmed it. I didn't give, I was like, oh, here's another one of those, you know, election stories. And I just, to be honest with you, I just want election day to be over at this point because it's just, I feel like it's a constant assault we are under here in Pennsylvania. Uh, but I, <laughs> never would I have expected, John, that you would have a uh, personal stake <laughs> in this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, too, woke up this morning, and the first thing I did was check my email. So I heard from an old friend of mine, a guy that I've known for decades. He says, uh, hey, John, uh, the, the heading of his email was, okay, this may sound weird. Then he goes, oh, no. So my friend Ken, he says, hey, John, first of all, hope this finds you doing well. Secondly, I heard on the news tonight that a bunch of mail-in ballots won't be counted because their dates were wrong or they weren't dated at all. I went to the Allegheny Votes website to see if my name was on the list since I mailed my ballot in. While scrolling through the list to see if any friends were on it, I saw a listing for Jay Hall with your neighborhood and your date of birth. Um, is that you? If it is, there are ways to get that fixed, but I'd go to that site and see what directions it gives you. Otherwise, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, I did the same thing you did. I went to the uh, news source, and then I went to the site, and it looks clearly like it's me. Okay, so so what does that mean? This is the first time I've ever done a mail-in ballot. Okay. Okay. And so I thought I was, you know, it was pretty easy. <laughs> I guess it was too easy. Um, so 
here, this is from the Trib. The county has released a list of voters whose ballots were either incorrectly dated or did not include a date. The list was published after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court unanimously ruled November the 1st that state officials cannot count votes from mail-in or absentee ballots that lack accurate handwritten dates on the return envelopes. Okay, hold on, please. I need a judge's ruling here. Does that mean mm. that, y- <laughs> that mm. you wrote the wrong... You wrote the wrong date on your ballot. I don't know. I don't know. So Grandpa. Uh, <laughs> you put like what night? Right, instead of I don't know. You know, twenty twenty two. You put you know, twenty twenty. I don't know. Impacted voters can cure their ballots. Cure their ballots by heading to the election division office in downtown Pittsburgh Monday or Tuesday, authorizing a designated agent to cure the ballot at the office or voting provisionally at their regular polling place. Um, so I either have to go downtown. Today or tomorrow. Right. Or when I go tomorrow to the poll, have to provide a photo ID and say, I'm an idiot. And then I get the vote provisionally, and then later on, they may count my vote. What does that mean, provisionally? Like uh, what, they'll decide if they want to count like, your I'm, vote? Like I'm on the bench. Oh, you right. Know, if it's a tie, call them that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> call the hanging stab. Okay. I don't know. Okay, so so eight, more than 850,000 Pennsylvanians have voted by mail mm-hmm. already, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. This uh, thing that we're talking about with you... It's about 1,000 people. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's about 1,000 people. Okay. So it says uh, th- these are mail-in or absentee ballots that yeah. lack accurate handwritten I, dates on their return envelopes. I thought I put the date yeah. on there. I, I don't. Maybe they, maybe they couldn't read my handwriting or something. Yeah, I don't could know. Be. I get. I got to go downtown tomorrow, and like, that's the last thing I want. I want to do is go downtown to the voting office and the city county building. I mean. <laughs> I'm just trying to do my civic duty. My first and only time to vote by mail. I thought it was going to be easier. Right. How's it going so Not far? Not too good. No, no, I'm making it more difficult for no, myself. So. Uh, if you feel like you could be in the the uh, small percentage of people who made that same mistake, you can go onto the Trib website and look for the uh, story titled, Over 1,000 Allegheny Mail-In Ballots Won't Be Counted Unless Cured by Voters. And in that, there is a link right. to this list. It can be found on the county's website. Which is also, if you want to be simple about it, Allegheny County. Allegheny County. Us. Mm-hmm. All right, my apologies. I mean, it, it is enjoyable to pick on you for it, but I thought it was just that they were misstamped originally, yeah. but maybe not. I think it comes back to me. Okay. All right, we're going to talk to a difficult subject next. When children come out, a guide for Christian parents. <laughs> WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. You've all helped build MyPillow and the incredible company it is today. And now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. It's John Hall. 
Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.99. And believe me when I say you'll get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Typically retails at $89.98, now just $39.98 with promo code WORD. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. You've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of Social Security, squeezing it for all it's worth? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team can help show you ways to do that with our free Social Security report. It's a great first step to learn how your benefits can play a role in your overall retirement income plan, especially because the Social Security Administration can't give you advice. It's different for everyone, and there are a lot of factors that go into knowing exactly how to maximize your benefits, but based on the decision you make, you could end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars in retirement simply by being informed. Get this free Social Security report from Accurate Solutions Group by texting the word SECURITY to 412-515-3555. That's SECURITY to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. Your love isn't confined to an advent calendar. It doesn't stop when the Christmas lights come down. When you donate to the Salvation Army's Red Kettle campaign, your love lasts all year long. It puts a present under someone's tree today and a roof over someone's head tomorrow. It brightens Christmas mornings and the hardest nights for hardworking families. Together, we love beyond Christmas. Support local families with a donation today at SalvationArmyWPA.org slash lovebeyond. Mark Yohars is back with us. He's got a brand new workout, When Children Come Out, a guide for Christian parents. Mark Yohars is a a licensed clinical psychologist, has published over 80 peer-reviewed journal articles and book chapters, and is the author of several books. We'll talk about that as this goes on. But Mark, uh, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, John. Our pleasure, yeah. Mark, uh, very, very difficult subject here. And we know Uh, it's an important subject. It is, Uh, and this affects uh, a lot of different people. And I would say probably, you know, abortion and the LGBTQ issues uh, are the two primary things that rankle Christians probably more than anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. And this is really tough when it hits home, and it's challenging for families to navigate. And so this is really a book for what what can Christian parents expect over the next four or five years? What is that? How does that play out for, for parents? So I, I, in reading um, your book, uh, Mark, and, you know, having friends who've experienced this, I know that this can happen in different ways. So sometimes it's a situation where a, a, a child comes to the parents and says, hey, you know, this is what's going on uh, in my life. Other times it can be something that's discovered. Uh, maybe through social media or something like that. So talk about how that impacts that first conversation. Yeah, so we describe this as either kind of disclosure or discovery. So I think the ideal set of circumstances is is that a 
child you know comes out to their parents in a um in, in a manner like that we open with a letter that someone wrote to their parents and just explained you know what what it meant to have same-sex sexuality and be navigating these questions but other times it is discovered through like um coming across pictures on social media or sort of a uh maybe a confrontation follows or questions follow and it ends up just being an, uh just not an ideal set of circumstances and and then of course there's those situational stressors like if there's a relationship or things like that uh it's it's can be more than just coming out there can be other layers of complexity to that mm-hmm. and i i think what I took, especially early on, Mark, is that, you know, a lot of people, uh, parents of children who come out as gay or lesbian, they think, what did I do? Uh, some, is this, this is my fault. Somehow I was too busy at work or there were the family dynamics were twisted somehow. This has to fall back on me as the parent. Yeah, many parents that we uh, either were interviewed or we surveyed uh, fell back on that. And and a number of ministries do follow that kind of understanding that maybe there's a an emotional deprivation uh, because of a relationship with their same-sex parent. They weren't around or they were distant. There really isn't good research to support that claim. And so uh, that doesn't stop many Christian parents from just wanting an account, an explanation, what caused my child to be, you know, either gay or transgender. And so when uh, even in the face of not having good evidence, parents will sometimes land there just to have an, an explanation. Mm-hmm. What about the role of social media in this? You mentioned that that if you're looking at uh, discovery as a descriptive term for how a parent might find out about um, the sexuality of their child. Uh, what about the influence in social media on the child? Um, whether this is, a, you know, maybe a kid who's 12 or this is a kid who's 30. Um, what is your research telling you about how those are, um, how decisions and social media are intertwined? Yeah, that's harder to study. Um, it's harder to get at a, like a relationship, like causal, like here, here, social media has this, um, this causal effect on, you know, someone identifying as gay or transgender. But I do think there's, there's no doubt that these experiences are more common and more sort of widely accessible through social media stories and accounts and experiences. And so I don't think people, um, I think people can turn to social media either for support or for resources. And it's also possible that those experiences can influence them in terms of maybe thinking about themselves a certain way or reaching certain conclusions. Um, but it's really hard to to nail down a direct kind of linear path. You know, that's harder to do in research. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, oftentimes, of course, Mark, your research has, has shown this, right? Um, if you're a Christian believer, well, then you have an opinion about gay and lesbian lifestyle and what the Bible has to say about it. And, and that may hold uh, very strongly uh, for, for a, a certain amount of time until your child comes out. And then, of course, it comes home to you and you have to to approach this because, of course, you love your child. Now, what I love about your work when children come out is that you've taken some more than 250 different people and looked at results that have been put compiled together. Can you talk about the, the sort of survey and how that was all put together? Yeah, so we have a couple of surveys and we have extensive interviews. Um, 
And so uh, we kind of tell the story of the journey of the relationship. Like what it, there's a there's a journey for the, the loved one who comes out, right? And a lot of attention is placed on that. But what this book does is it spotlights the journey for the Christian parents. What happens after uh, the disclosure or the discovery? Um, you know, we find uh, an increase in um, things like conflict, um, even things like anger. And these come down over time. These decrease over time. We see decreases in just how close people felt or communication or sense of sort of authenticity in the relationship like that tends to decrease initially, but that gets better over time. It increases again. And so there's these these kind of changes that you could, as a Christian parent, sort of expect or predict. And not everybody has the exact same experience. We want to make it very clear. These are individual stories for every family that navigates uh, this terrain. But um, but there are some commonalities here. And one, one subset, one story we tell us, a, a little variation is, how does faith change over time? What does that look like for the Christian in particular? And that's where, you know, beliefs about sexual behavior, you know, most Christian parents continue to be more traditional in their understanding of what's right and wrong about sexual behavior. But it was pretty common for Christian parents to question those beliefs. Um, some changed their views, um, but most uh, continue to hold the view that they held uh, prior to their loved one coming out. Mark Yarhouse is with us. The new book is called When Children Come Out, A Guide for Christian Parents. Uh, Mark, you've written this with Olya uh, Zaporozhets. Could that be the right way to pronounce that? Yeah, uh, Zaporozhets. Yeah. Okay, good, mm -hmm. Zaporozhets. Um, I also have Mark's uh, book, Listening to Sexual Minorities, here on uh, the desktop, and you can see that on the live stream here uh, at the word Pittsburgh. Um, Mark, for people listening to the program, whether we're talking about uh, when children come out or listening to sexual minorities, um, I can imagine some people thinking, why is he being so reasonable about this? I mean, the Bible's clear in what it says about homosexuality. Why is he being like, why, why is, you know... Just saying that, oh, we should just listen to people like there's a clear right and a clear wrong. And why can't we just say it? Yeah, well, I, I do think Scripture is clear, but it's also clear that we're to love people. Uh, and as people navigate these difficult questions, I think sometimes in the church, we've talked about it like the gay community is sort of out there and there's kind of us and there's them. But the reality is in our own homes, in our own churches, we'll have young people navigating questions around their sexual or gender identity in either childhood with gender identity in adolescence and young adulthood with their same-sex sexuality. So it's really important for the church to recognize that people within our own communities and our families are going to be navigating this terrain. And so you want to respond with compassion towards people. And I think that's what happens when Christian parents find it it's their own child. Like, okay, this is my child. It's a different conversation now. Right. So I, I imagine, of course, Mark, the research and for anybody who's in, you know has the child who's same sex attracted, this is a very long journey. And what happens whenever there is a disclosure, whether the child chooses to tell the parents or whether you find out, you know, through social media or whatnot. What happens on day one is not what is the same from year from year one or year five. Like all relationships, they're malleable. Things change. Hearts change. And especially 
you know, um, as a believer, everybody wants to love their children. Everybody wants to have a relationship with their children. And I think the thing that's most valuable valuable to me when I read When Children Come Out is that you and your co-author are really key in saying adjust and keep that relationship open no matter what. Yes? That's right. And and we are, we are in, in every chapter, we're giving advice from Christian parents who walk this path before the reader is walking that path. And so we're drawing on their experience, what they would say. And so many Christian parents would say, keep as many doors open as possible to the relationship. You may have conflicts. Um, you may have value differences. There may be some unique challenges that you face that not everyone else will understand. But try to keep as many doors open to the relationship. Um, and uh, and I think that is that is a theme that's kind of thread throughout the book. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Mark, everyone's well aware, if you're part of a Christian church, I mean, holy smokes, de- denominations continue to split over this issue. So can you talk about... Uh, how the church can help? I mean, uh, is the church a resource, even though it's so splintered on the issue itself? I think many Christian families have have not found the church to be as good of a resource as they would have liked it to have been. So I think the challenge for the church, we do have a chapter um, where, where Christian parents talked with us about what they would like from the church. I think they want to be seen. Uh, they want the topic to be talked about. They don't want it framed as us versus them, because if you if you frame it as a culture war, more of a political issue, you're missing, you know, the teenager in your youth group who's navigating these questions and that teenager's family that's been a part of your church for eight years, you know. So is, you know, see us, recognize that we're here, um, use the church as a place to educate the body of Christ. Uh, can that be a place where we learn more about this topic? Um, uh, can we lead with some love and graciousness towards this family, towards these parents, towards this teenager, have a little bit more humility, maybe, you know, not lead as much with theories that don't have a lot of research to support for them, you know, for, for things like causal theories and just really kind of meet the family where they are recognizing that their parents are going to be going through a lot of distress right now. It could be really difficult for them. So find ways to be supportive and kind of practical ways in coming alongside them. Mm-hmm. Last question for you, Mark. Uh, what about the feeling that I, I'm just guessing is common among parents, which is, oh, well, this is just a phase that my kid is going through. And it could be. And it could be. Um, what uh, What would you say to a parent who thinks that? Well, I mean, there, there definitely can be instances where someone is exploring something and it ends up not really being a sustained reality in their life. But keep in mind that we're in the parents that have been interviewed, the parents have been surveyed, you know, their kids, it wasn't a phase. And so they're all telling us there was a time when we thought the same thing, that maybe it was a phase. And there was some of that kind of wishful thinking for a number of Christian parents Mm -hmm. that we would just kind of wake up one day and it just wouldn't have been the case. I, I think that's not as helpful. Uh, I think it's more helpful to say, what is it going to look like to love my child? What are they going to need from me this next year, this next, you know, six months, whatever time frame you can break this down into? How can I come alongside them and support them on this journey? Now, if it ends up being a phase and it becomes a phase, but you really need to prepare yourself for a longer journey, I think, for most cases. Right. Okay. So just one more thing. So as there is couples therapy, 
Is there, have you seen instances where there is sort of family therapy where parents and child come together? Or is that considered, you know, sort of verboten now where, you know, you're thinking, you're going to try to change my sexuality when I'm telling you this is how I am. But therapy generally is good no matter what, right? If people are willing to sit down and share ideals before a third party and do it honestly, there is a, a good exchange. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I do recommend family therapy. Uh, there's some instances, you know, where if you're having a hard time with communication, which we reported a lot of Christian parents said communication fell off. We could have used some help. Sometimes it's nice to have somebody who doesn't have skin in the game, who can sort of be in the room and help have a better conversation. And that does tend to improve over time. But there just may be a season where that falls off and is more difficult. There may be a time where meeting with a counselor could really facilitate communication when it's become strained, for sure. That's good. Listen, I, Mark, just really appreciate your attitude, your tone. We need this. You know, in talking about this, it makes it seem like it's not so scary um, and that it's something that, you know, it seems like you're, you make me feel like there could be a way forward. And uh, because so, always the conversation is fraught with such dynamics, yeah. it's always so anxious. Yeah. So thank you for your good work on this, Mark. Oh, I so appreciate uh, you uh, you having me on and just the chance to talk about it. Thank you both. Sure. The new book is called When Children Come Out, A Guide for Christian Parents. We've been talking to Mark Yarhouse. He wrote this book along with Olya Zaprojets. So you can find this book wherever you buy your books. Also, uh, Mark's book, Listening to Sexual Minorities. We'll take a quick break. Does this make sense? Is next. Nothing in this world beats real life experience. Now, of course, a lot of us have sent our kids to college. There's a lot of classroom work and theory and whatnot. But then hopefully there's a day where the rubber hits the road Mm -hmm. and your kid goes out and spreads wings and becomes part of the real life environment of what it is to earn a living. And prior to that, the internship is what gets you ready. Right. That's the time when you're like kind of in the work world, but not fully in the work world. Right. And you're kind of trying to test your wings and ask the questions and get some guidance and maybe perform well enough that you could get somebody's attention later on and maybe get a job. Right. Now, at Grove City College, the opportunity for internships exists Mm -hmm. and people cement themselves inside of a, a corporation and once you graduate, then, I mean, the possibilities are endless. On campus, people come to Grove City and go, we know the nature, the quality mm-hmm. of these students. This is an A+. We're invested in these students because we see what you produce. Count us in as corporate partners. So if that sounds interesting to you or something that might be appealing and a great thing for your child to strive for, consider Grove City College. Look them up online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. What is quality? This is Greg Trzynski, and in a world where nearly everything is disposable, the original Mattress Factory still builds our mattresses and box springs to last. 
While other companies have cut on quality, we still hand-build our two-sided mattresses with the highest quality materials in our local factories. That's because we believe you deserve the best mattress to provide a great night's sleep for years to come. Visit an OMF location to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. OriginalMattress.com Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times, 51, 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. We'll see mainly clear skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 35. Partly sunny tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 53. Clear to partly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 31. It'll be pleasant Wednesday with plenty of sunshine. Wednesday will reach a high of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Make sense. Does what make sense? Traveling to a non-English speaking country. Oh yeah, hundred wow. <laughs> percent. That didn't yeah, take makes, long. Makes perfect sense. All right. Yeah, I, I think mean, a lot of people would wonder if that does make sense. Yep. Yes, it does. It's so easy, and especially now, you know, with your Google Translator or you know whatever. In case there's a listen, when I was night twenty, I went by myself to Europe and wandered around for months on end. I didn't know Spanish. I didn't know French. I didn't know German. I just kind of, you know, let the the winds take me as I was. Spoken I, by spoken by the person that filled out his election ballot incorrectly. <laughs> I'm still here, aren't I? You are. You are. I think okay. it's good. So you, you think it does make sense? Yeah, it makes you okay. have to go. Don't be shy. Get out there in the world. It's beautiful. I also agree with you that it makes sense. Oh, okay. However, I thought you were going to go, no. It's not easy. I mean, you're acting like it's super easy. I'm not saying it's not super easy. It takes a measure of courage to go out into the yeah, world. Yeah, and it That's takes a lot do. of work to navigate. Listen, I was in the German countryside looking for a pharmaceutical, okay, in a little tiny town. I didn't speak a lick of German, which was my stupid fault for mm. not even looking into it before I left. They didn't speak a lick of English. Listen, we were, uh, the word impasse has never had more meaning in my life than that day. I'll see you and raise that. One time I was in Paris. I lost the key to my hotel. I didn't know the name of my hotel. <laughs> I didn't know where I was. And I couldn't speak the language. I had to explain to someone I was lost and I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> Well, I don't know, Gary. The elect the uh, the election ballots making more and more sense. <laughs> I got back. I got back to the hotel. The guy was in. A, I went to a florist shop. The guy figured it out. He hailed a cab, told the cab driver. Before I know it, ten wow. minutes I was in front of my hotel. All right, does this make sense? I got in here today. Beautiful day. I'm driving down the parkway. My windows are all down. My sunroof's up. Well, sunroof's open. I get here. The guy down the hall, Darren, says to me, "You you look a little like um, a little uh." Windburn. I go, yeah, just, you know, the sunroof? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. yes I love everything about a sunroof. Me too. If I didn't have a sunroof, 
Seriously. I've had that, cars without sunroofs. I've yeah. had every Most, car I've yeah. ever had until my last two have, have not had it's sunroofs. It's a great thing. It's, I think it's my favorite thing about a car. Mine too. Seriously. I love it so much. I mean, really. It's kind of like having a convertible without having to worry about a convertible. Now, Garrett, you have a convertible, right? It's it's a gigantic sunroof. Yeah, it's a hardtop convertible. Yeah, so it kind of acts like a sunroof in a way. In a way. In a way. A really Listen. big one, yeah. yeah. Okay, so for I have the poor man's hardtop. What do you Basically, mean? I just have a sunroof. Yeah, me too. That's all it is. I love it. It's so great. Keep that open. When it's super hot in the summer, just open it. Even like in the, the wintertime, with the heat on. Of course. Enjoy the sun. Go for it. Makes sense. 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Sin can trip up even the most stalwart believer. How do we strengthen ourselves against temptation? Pastor Greg Laurie addresses that question this week on A New Beginning. And he'll begin a series on happiness and how we can have it. Tune in for the encouragement this week on A New Beginning. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse is kicking off the holiday season, Saturday, November 19th. It's their Jingle and Mingle open house. From 10 till 2, enjoy free cookies, coffee, and cocoa as you browse bunches of fresh and fragrant greenery, handmade wreaths, poinsettias, and more. Attend the Make and Take Workshop, win Christmas-themed door prizes, plus games, music, a food truck, and plenty of homegrown holiday happiness. Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse in McDonald at Bedner'sGreenhouse.com. There are many issues in this election, but John Fetterman only wants to talk about one, his support for killing unborn babies by abortion. Sadly, John Fetterman wants to deny the most basic right to life to unborn babies. John Fetterman even supports a federal law that allows unlimited abortion essentially until birth, and he wants to pay for it with your tax dollars. John Fetterman should never be in the U.S. Senate. Mehmet Oz respects life. He supports measures to protect unborn babies and their mothers. Mehmet Oz supports protecting unborn children from painful late abortions, and Mehmet Oz opposes using your tax dollars to pay for abortion. Mehmet Oz will fight to protect life. Unborn babies can't vote, but you can. Please vote for life. Vote for Mehmet Oz for U.S. Senate. Paid for by the National Right to Life Victory Fund at nrlvictoryfund.org. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. NRL Victory Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. I've had an, a uh, Monday to Friday job for, I mean, for the first 10 years of my employment when after I graduated from college. 
And then I had 10 years when I was working at home with my kids. Um, and then I came back to work here at the station, and I've had a Monday through Friday job. Now, I also work on Sundays, so it's kind of a different situation because I would be what they call bivocational. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're working six days a week. Yeah, but I work six days. So, um, which is fine. It's something I chose. So you know, I'm not asking for anybody's pity. It's fine. Um, however, I'm eager to hear different stories of how different people structure their work week because working six days requires different things of your family, right? <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, then working five days. Um, but what about working three days? Okay. Now listen, now, so you're shaking your head already. Come on. Let, let me tell my story and then you get to decide what you think about it. CBS News Today tells the story of Justin Lindsay, who owns a Chick-fil-A restaurant in Kendall, Florida, which is right outside of Miami. And he is allowing employees to work the equivalent of a full 40-hour work week, but just three days. So they work three days. They have four days off. Okay, so he hit upon this idea when his restaurant had only been opened for about a year and a half. He said, I got this idea because I was thinking that employees would be able to kind of plan their life around it. They would be able to plan their vacation, their childcare, their school, um, because one of the problems with people that work in fast food is, and people who work in retail, which I did also, is your schedule always changes. Right. You know, sometimes you work 10 to five, sometimes you work one to nine, mm-hmm. Some, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a different thing. And so it's hard to plan anything going forward. He said, take the question marks that a lot of people experience with fast food work and replace it with something that they can count on. Okay, so the story goes on to say that it took several weeks to bring his staff around to the idea and workers were initially incredulous that they wouldn't be on call during their days off and required to come in on short notice. You know, like, hey, there's nobody here. We, right. need, we need you. Somebody called in sick or Which whatever. apparently is kind of endemic to uh, fast food work. But he says that months into the experiment, it is working way better than he ever could have imagined, okay? He said people love it and the managers love it. So what he did, and he said it makes it easier because Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. So they only have six days. Six day work week. So yeah. they have one group of people that works Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And they have the other group that works Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. okay? And sometimes they'll switch around because Saturday's the busiest day. And so they don't want to sick the same people with the hardest day. You know what I mean? But those people are work in pods. Okay. So the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday people are a pod. The Thursday, Friday, Saturday people are a pod. Right. How many hours are you working? 13? You say we're in 13 or 14 hour days. Mm Mm-hmm. On, on those times. That's a lot of hours. Yeah, it is a lot of hours. Um, he said it can be grueling, but the chief benefit of it, he said, is its consistency. He said the workers know what their schedule is. Um, and he said in the traditional schedule, managers do what I said. Some managers would like work from 10 to 4. And then another manager would work from 1 to 9. So maybe one manager would tell people a certain thing. The other manager would tell people the other thing. That happened to me when I worked at, at in retail. Yeah. And you'd be like, who's in charge here? But that doesn't happen in this situation because the managers are on that same schedule. So They're working 14-hour days, right, too, exactly. with your pod. Yeah, with your pod, right? A Chick-fil-A corporate spokesperson said that uh, no other restaurant in the franchise has tried to implement this, but um, that this particular Chick-fil-A has been flooded with applications really? since it started. Um, in one week, the restaurant got nearly 430 applications for one position, and he pays 15 to $17 an hour. 
that includes health benefits. Well, three days a week with health care included. His one restaurant pulls in $17 million in sales a year. Wow. Well, yeah, sure. It sounds great. And wait, that's double the average for really? a single location in Chick-fil-A. So what's it like when you're showing up You know, at the end of that shift on the third day? People have to be out of their minds. You have to be exhausted. I bet you'd be really tired. Right. So how how do you think that you would respond to that if you were one of those people? Well, when you paint it like that, you kind of think, I- I'd like to try that. But I, my big response is probably on that day, that the first day you're off, you're probably just a puddle and you don't want to even so leave the house. So if you were in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday pod, on Thursday, Thursday you'd be I'm not going out. anywhere. Yeah, I'm going to sleep for 14 hours. Right? I mean, right. it only makes sense. Gary, what do you think? How, how would you respond to a three-day work week? Well, the 13, 14 hours is a bit tough. But, of course, lately I've been doing that five days a week or more. But you can do it. I guess you can do it. Um, Plus you're working but would fast you like food. It? Would you like to work? I don't for- think I'd like 14-hour days, mm-hmm. three days a week, every week. Um, I guess it's because they have the six days that they split evenly. Right. That they do the three. Uh, four days, a lot of people do that. And what, 10 hour days? Yeah. Four mm-hmm. days a week? Yeah. That sounds that's, that's pretty nice. manageable. Yeah, that sounds pretty yeah. good. I think I'm a like, lot of nurses do that. Okay. You know, they'll work a 10 hour shift or a 12 hour shift and make it into a four day week. Why don't we do your show uh, one day a week, <laughs> 10 hours? Great, just all say? day. We'll just talk for yeah. 10 hours. That'd right. be great. That'd be crazy. I don't know. I, I, you know, he says in here. Um, but, but the average age of a fast food worker is what say. do you think? Does, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you're well, 30 it, or 20, that's one thing as opposed to if you're 60. I agree. <laughs> but if you're making $17 an hour and you've got health benefits, that doesn't that doesn't limit it to someone who's 16. No, of course not. Right? right? You see older people working fast right. food jobs. Seems like a really good... Okay, so he talks... He says, we have a manager who's from Scotland. He's taken two trips back to Scotland this year, and he still has PTO available. Hmm. Um, he said, another manager we have was able to graduate from the University of Central Florida thanks to her three-day schedule, and she's keeping it up because she wants to get a master's. Now, another thing he said that, you know, any anybody's going to appreciate when you hear this... Uh, from your manager, he said, your time doesn't belong to me because you work for me. It's your time. He said, when I was a worker and was reporting to a manager, I made that mistake. I sacrificed time with my family for the business. That time's precious. Believe me, you can't get it back. Right. Okay, so I wonder, okay, so this is one one ownership at one Chick-fil-A. And it's the only one currently, according to CBS News, that's doing this. Right. Now, of course, yeah, haters are going to hate. People people love to hate on Chick-fil-A, don't they? Oh, are you kidding me? I mean, what me? the heck? But if it works for these guys, yeah, why not? What the heck? I mean, and the proof's in the pudding. Uh, he applies for one position and gets hundreds and hundreds yeah, of applicants. Yeah, and, and how about he's this. pulling in $17 million a year in sales, which is double the $8 million a year average for a single location. Yeah. I, you know what? I've worked a lot of jobs. I, I've never worked fast food. I was going to say, but did you ever work long days like that? Where it, it Oh, had... yeah, sure. I mean, as a waiter or bartender, I'd work double shifts. But not getting four days off. You wouldn't <laughs> no, do it. No, with you were, you know, yeah, whatever. You're, just, you're just, just trying to get as much work as you can. Right. You're cranking. That's all. I feel like, um, you know, I was a recruiter for a long time, and that's kind of how recruiting works is you, because it's event-based, you work really, really, really hard on a project. 
and then things settle down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so you'd just work and work. You'd work day, night, weekends, whatever, until an event happened. And then once the event was over, you'd have some time off. Be done. And, you know, I don't know if that was because that was in, you know, a formative time in my life. It was right after college. Um, I, I, I liked working that way. Sure. Because I like to work and I like to really get involved in an event that goes on and on, you know, that, that requires a lot of attention. And then it's kind of nice to be able to have, I think I would like the three, four. Here's the thing, right? Because of the pandemic, every sort of like what we would have considered, especially growing up, you know, when we grew up, any screwball idea about showing up for work, you know, we would consider screwball. Now, of course, is being at least tried, implemented, because a younger generation looks at our, uh, the way that we worked, how long we worked and how much. So they go, I'm not going to do that. So employers have to make an adjustment one form or another. Right. Well, it'll be interesting to see if the Chick-fil-A closest to you starts something like this. If you, um, maybe you work at a Chick-fil-A or maybe you have a family member who does. I wonder if that's going to be something that gets spread to other franchises. I'll say this. Remember, during the, the deepness of the pandemic, Chick-fil-A was being lauded because the, the drive through lanes were the only things that were open. You flew through there. Things have changed. My Chick-fil-A, the wait in the drive through lane is much, much longer than at the height of the pandemic. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what that means. In 10 years, we will uh, all have personal robots, right? Right. right. Yeah. Robots are going to take care of fast food. I got to be honest with you. I have no interest in having a personal robot. Universal income. I don't have, I I have no interest in having a personal robot. Can I say that publicly? I just don't. Sign me up. I don't want one. You want, you want a personal robot? I'd be happy to have one. Why? Why do you want a personal robot? To do the things I don't want to do. What? What? Like put the right date on your on your uh, ballot for this election? I'm waiting cycle. for the talk show version. Oh, oh that's going to be... Give me a couple of those. Stimulating conversation. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. Yeah. When we come back, um, let's find out how much you're going to pay in taxes for the Powerball jackpot that's coming up. It's, at, I think, $1.9 Probably by the time it'll be $2 billion. That's crazy. Who's going to do that? Hi, I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Inflation is a problem, markets are volatile, and the risk of running out of money in retirement is real. That's why I love annuities, and you should too. Your financial advisor doesn't want you to know that with our annuity strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year, and when the stock market goes down, your annuity won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and you should only invest if you learn the facts. And that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to use safe, low-fee annuities to build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. I was talking to one of my sisters recently, and she said that she refused to even look at her 401k and her retirement investments because the thought of doing so made her a fidgety, anxious mess. So out of sight, out of mind. I I get it, and I'm sure you do too. But the good news is we've been here before, and hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll hear the strains of happy days are here again. In the interim, the family at United Faith Mortgage wants to remind you that if you're a homeowner, you're sitting on a pile of cash because home values have gone bonkers. 
And so your home can be a portal into a cash-out refinance, providing you with an immediate source of money to pay off debts, do some home improvements, or just build up your nest egg again. United Faith Mortgage, where the direct lender advantage is everything, saving you lifelong money. United Faith Mortgage, faith and family matter. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. It's a very common fear to have a fear of the dentist. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock. Voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. I feel particularly drawn to making sure that all patients are at ease. That extra gentle touch, the extra nudge to tell them it's okay, we'll get through this together. Exceptional dentistry meets compassion. Care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hi, I'm Kyle, and my company is Blindster.com. I started Blindster in 2010 to provide custom blind shades and shutters at affordable prices. Our blinds are easy to install and shipping is free. Don't hire an expensive professional. Do it yourself and save big at Blindster.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Okay, so if you've listened to local news for the last couple of weeks or so, uh, then you know all about the Powerball, right? The Powerball jackpot apparently is at a 1.9 billion level. Uh, they're saying probably it, it'll somewhere settle this evening before the drawing is, is this evening at 11 p.m. Uh, and it should be somewhere in the neighborhood of two billion dollars. Two billion. I mean, that's crazy. That's absolutely nutty. Forty consecutive drawings. There's been no winner. Uh, more tickets to be sold, as I said. So if you win and it's 1.9 million dollars. Um, you, uh, people are saying, <laughs> the experts. First of all, I don't know, that's scary. Uh, who would want that? And well, that would crush yeah, your life so would. deeply. You, it would. You, you'd be you forced would, to flee. You'd be irreparably changed. You would have to move and hide from people, right? Okay, so uh, if there's a winner, um, they'll take home roughly nine hundred and twenty-nine point one million dollars. Okay. Um, after taxes, the winner or winners. So how much? Ta- how many taxes? Twenty-four percent um, to federal tax, and then additional taxes when they file. Of course, so it'll put you in the <laughs> the top federal tax bracket. You think mm-hmm. that there are other state? There are state taxes. Fourteen states do not levy tax on lottery winnings, and winners in other locations could pay as much as ten point seven five percent. Pennsylvania, I think it's um. Let me see it. Here, here's a little list. Pennsylvania is 3% of, okay. of lottery tax. All right. So 24% federal, 3% state, plus local tax, right? Mm-hmm. Your local tax, your borough or your township, or yep. they're, they're going to take a scoop as well. Right. I don't know. But you're getting $2 billion. Who? I mean, the heck? Yeah. That's a lot of cash. I mean, good grief. It, it's not worth it. I don't think it's worth it even a little bit. Now your your life has changed forever and ever, right? But, you know, for somebody out there listening to us who can't play, pay their rent, who lost a job or whatever, they're thinking, you know what? Be right. a heck of a lot better than where I am. Right. What do we read about the, what what countries is there? They're putting uh, AI to look at uh, local tax. Is it Australia? That they're saying uh, um, we're going to put AI on casinos. Yeah, to, to keep- look at problem gamblers. Right. 
I mean, every time you see it here in a lotto ad, they also ha- they've required by law to say one eight hundred, you know, problem game. Which is so. But look at our country. I-, I realize that that is required by law, but is that the r- most ridiculous thing? Yeah. So because they spend fifty nine seconds. Exactly. So it's a huge ad talking right. about how great gambling is and right. how you can do this and that, and everybody looks. Everybody's beautiful, thin, I'm wealthy, for... wearing you know sequins right. and looking fabulous. And at the very end, it says, "By the way, if you have trouble." And you know that's ninety nine point nine percent of the people. Just... Right. Okay. Have you been to the casino yet? No. No. Never. Whenever. How long? Gary, has the casino have you been, been to the casino? Uh, no. No. Okay. Have you? Oh, you. Yes. You, you went and saw yep. Gladys Knight. Yeah, I, I think it's been there ten years. Mm-hmm. When it first happened, you know, we had guests come on to talk about it, and we said we're going to go down there one time and check it out. We've yeah. never gone down. No. Like uh, it's. I have no desire. Neither. At that time, yeah. I believe was Ed Rundell governor. I think he was when when it passed. Anyway, it was going to be the answer to everything. Right. Remember, all my property taxes were going to disappear. Property right? tax, everything was going to be fixed. Has if anything just, changed? If we just allowed gambling, all of the mm. all of the problems of the average Pennsylvanian were going to just go up. Now it's smoke. weed. Exactly. Right. So now we need weed. So the sin I mean, taxes. What are they doing for us? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. Okay. So I Where's did. Nick Perry. I did go to the casino uh, a couple months ago to see Gladys. Yeah. I love Gladys. Did Knight. you on the floor? Yes. And you gambled. Did not gamble. What's it like? But I went on the floor and just looked around. Okay. We walked around for a good amount of time. We saw Gladys first, and then yeah. Uh, did you have a meal? Went and hung around. We had a very good meal. Did you? At and the restaurant that we ate at, at the restaurant at which we ate. Beautiful view of the river. Mm. I mean, just a really, really lovely place. Was the meal cheaper than, you know? Nope. Oh, I always thought the meal would, the nope. food would be a little less. Nope. 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 Okay. No, the food was not cheap, but the food was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the concert was good. Uh, Gladys was in fine form. No pips. Nope. <laughs> she was pipless. Uh, when we went down to the floor, I, I, this is my initial impression is. It is gargantuan. The casino itself. It is well, look at it. It looks enormous. Like, it's an ugly, ugly building. Yeah, it is super, super enormous. The other thing, and this is no surprise to anybody who's been in a casino, it is insufferably loud. Oh, really? So ding, ding. Beep, dun, beep. I just, I cannot stand that. Did you hear anybody like yell out, hey, I won? Nope. No. I, saw, I heard nobody anybody do that. weeping? No. No, but instead of any of those things, I saw literally hundreds of people. Sitting in front of slot machines, blankly, just hitting like the space bar the on a computer. I mean, it was, there's no pulling of the there's lever. There's no pulling of the lever. Like a pressing of the button. Right. It's just a little tiny button. Beep. And, Beep. you know, you can just reinvest whatever you, you know, whatever reinvest is a loose term. Are you t- you're saying slot, these are slot these machines. These are slots. Basically. Um, just reinvest whatever you win. So there's no like big payout. There's no wait. Like when people win, doesn't it go? And let and you, you you can choose to just keep playing. Do you get a slip of paper or something like that? I guess so. A little, I don't. A, I didn't stay around enough to see that. I went and watched craps. We went and watched roulette. Blowing someone's dice. Yeah. Like your guys and dolls. Talk about the ultimate. Yeah. Like that. There's no skill whatsoever. The in roulette that. thing. Right. No. There's none. There's absolutely. But none. there's also poker rooms, right? They're at poker tables. We went and looked at poker tables. Yeah. Now, they don't really want you to watch no, of course not. a poker table. Um, but, of course, I was kind of looking. Anyway, um, it was incredibly full. 
And it was full of people of all ages. Interesting. And wearing all sorts of different things. There are people wearing nice clothes and there are people in really? sweats. And they're smoking too, right? You're allowed to smoke in the casino? I didn't see anybody smoking. Oh, I thought you were allowed to. I didn't see anybody smoking. Anyway, it, it it was interesting. Very much so. Yeah. I wonder if there's a chapel at the casino. A chapel? Yeah, no, you know, a place to go. I, I, I need to go pray. I mean, there are chapels in, in odd places. Yeah. Chapels in airports. Right, hospitals. Of course, there's chapels in hospitals. You think there'd be a chapel in the casino. Right? Good idea, John. Yeah, just... The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.